America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guests as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor. Mr. Rogers passed along friendship, hoping we would too. Friendship. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Meditating Radio Show. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. And aren't we happy today? And we're going to be looking forward to talking with Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo, who's going to enhance us on the science of happiness and much more. We were at a retreat a few days ago, and I kept playing that song before everyone would enter the hall. And we all would just dance. And if you've ever seen me dance, I'm one of the worst dancers on the planet of the earth. <laughs> but that song somehow makes it okay for me to be the worst dancer because who cares? Everyone's happy. It is a very important quality, and def- definitely I know the UN had marked there to be Happiness, International Happiness Day, and there are so many reasons for us to be happy, and the concept of pursuing happiness is something that I question. I tend to feel that happiness already lives within. And with the over 80 countries that I've traveled to throughout this lifetime, I have continued to find the sparkle of happiness mostly in the eyes of um, children in developing countries. And I always wonder why is that? Is it because they don't have an iPhone? Is it because they're not as such competing, uh, wearing certain clothes that would basically put them to some level of importance or recognition? I have no idea. And we're going to turn definitely to the fine Dr. Lombardo, and she's going to be telling us a little bit more on this whole energy of happiness. There's a story, right? Two aerials met on the roof. They fell in love and got married. The ceremony was rubbish, but the reception was brilliant. <laughs> and I think that, you know, many of these things that tickle our hearts and minds of things, we, we question, why is it that my happiness doesn't stay constant or consistent? Consistent. 
you know, we can we we sometimes look at life and it's actually more humorous than fiction. Example: Why is it that the horse is so happy because he lived in a stable environment? Stable environment. It's like sometimes I think it's right there that the happiness, the joy is right there. And if we compare, if we criticize, if we compete, those particular energies begin to sap the innate happiness that's living somewhere in our soul. If you agree, let me know. Send us an email. But we will definitely um, go deeper into this conversation with Dr. Lombardo. And before we do, why don't we pause for a little and go into a meditation on our inner light, our inner way of being, which is from Sister Genti's CD entitled Knowing Myself. Breathe in deeply and relax. Inner light. Taking just a minute, I relax my body and become aware of my inner light. I visualize each one of my thoughts weaving itself into this light. I draw from my heart the power of inner peace and the light of love. My thoughts filled with compassion and forgiveness, patience and tolerance. Uh, the inner light of the soul, the spark of beauty, which comes from keeping positive and happy thoughts. Thinking about happiness and positive thoughts, why don't we turn our lines to Sister Gita and hear what she has for us today. Sister Gita? Good morning and Om Shanti and happy, happy, happy day. <laughs> I am reading this from Companion of God, that's Daddy Janky's book, and the topic is happiness. There is no nourishment of happiness. It's the nectar. There is no sickness. It's like a poison. Having been sorrowful for so long, the soul is now desperate for peace. There can be no real happiness until the soul finds its peace. Deep inner peace, the kind born of union with the divine, gives so much power you forget about sorrow completely. There's only gratitude in the heart and so much joy. The experience of true happiness cures the sickness of sorrow. This is a remedy, not just to create happiness and joy in your own life, but for creating it in the world also. A cheerful face goes a long way towards thinking Everything better. So, have a happy day. Om Shanti. Hmm, that was lovely. 
Yeah, it's all about that. But I don't believe it's just happiness, happiness. I think it's something just in you. There's a sense of attainment, a sense of internal accomplishment. An accomplishment not necessarily as position and title, but the accomplishment of when your husband cheated on you and you forgave him and looked at him with empathy and say, you had a weak moment, we need to reconcile this. There are moments when your teenage child ends up trying you know, a naughty little cigarette for the first time and you sat with him gently and you said, honey, this is not good for you in the long run. It will do this and this to you, and mom is here to help. Uh, it is when your boss has the highest percentage of arrogance, and he or she uh, looks at you as so inferior that when you look at them, you look at them with the idea or the thought, I wish you to be benefited, and they actually feel that. Your happiness increases, your accomplishment increases when you really can step beyond the situations. and. Being happy doesn't mean that everything is perfect. It means that you've decided to look beyond the imperfections. But let's go to an expert. Author Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo is a clinical psychologist and physical therapist who has helped hundreds of clients achieve and exceed their physical and personal goals. She is a highly sought-after speaker and media consultant who has been honored by giving a prestigious TED Talk, uh, was it TEDx Talk, and Dr. Lombardo is frequently interviewed by t- today's top media outlets, including Forbes, Wall Street Journal, MSNBC, USA Today, CNN, National Public Radio, it goes on. She has made multiple appearances on the Today Show with her book, A Happy You, Your Ultimate Prescription for Happiness. It's become a national bestseller, and Shaquille O'Neal says, Dr. Lombardo is my head coach for happiness. And today we are happy <laughs> to have Dr. Lombarda on the AM show. Hello. Hi, Sister Jenna. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, you know, just your whole life your whole life is about happiness. Even just mentioning your name, there's a big smile on my face right now. Well, thank you. It is my ultimate goal to help our world be a happier place because I think that when we do that, everything else changes in a beneficial way. I agree. Tell me, what is your definition of happiness? My definition of happiness is different than some people's. It's it's not, as you mentioned before, it's not being giddy and and laughing all the time. That's called being stoned, and we definitely do not advocate that. Um, But being happy is really an outlook. It's it's how you view the world. It's not in a delusional sense of, oh, there are no problems and everything's perfect. It's in the sense of, you know what, even though there are some challenges, I choose to focus on gratitude. I choose to focus on what's going well and I choose to focus on being able to make a positive impact in the areas that aren't going so well. Mm, very nice. And what takes away our happiness? Do you have an idea? <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. You know, one of the things as I was listening to you earlier, you know, that, that notion of comparison. And I think comparisons are one of the things that really deplete us from our happiness. We compare ourselves to other people. Um 
and and you know, if only I had. That's I, I call it if only syndrome that we're suffering from in in our society. If only I lost ten pounds, then I'd be happy. You know, if only I made this much money, then I'd be happy. If only I got into this relationship, then I'd be happy. And it becomes almost a treadmill. If you think of a treadmill, one foot goes forward, but very quickly it goes behind, and you have to advance the next foot. One of the reasons why we're not as happy as we want to be is because we we focus on that external those external achievements. But once we achieve them, we then feel like we have to strive for the next one and the next one and the next one, and we never really get to the happiness that we so desire. Mm-hmm. You know, one of an acronym that I've used for many many years is called ALGE. A for anger, L for lust, G for greed. A for attachment and E for ego. And I feel that that's the root cause of making us forget that happiness is our birthright. Yes. Yes, yes. And I think, too, one of the uh, problems is that, in general, we all want to be happier. And we go about it not necessarily in the right way. Mm -hmm. I view happiness as a skill. And we need to choose to use that skill. We also need to know how to apply that skill. Hmm. You, you, oh, you view happiness as a skill. That's very interesting. I know that you refer to happiness as a science and as a skill which can be developed. I'm curious to hear more on that. So I don't play the piano, and if I sat down at the piano and started playing for a while, I could probably develop some pretty nasty habits of where my fingers would go and how they would play, and it would probably make piano aficionados just cringe. Our society in general tends to do that when it comes to happiness. We try to be happy, and yet we practice the wrong skills. Ben and Jerry's therapy, great example. Oh, if I eat this carton of ice cream, I'll feel happier. Uh, No, you won't. Uh, shopping therapy, putting in extra hours, spending more time on Facebook. You know, these are the kinds oh. of things that we think this will bring us happiness, but it doesn't really. When my grandmother was alive, she taught a college course called How to Play the Piano Despite Years of Practice. You know, the notion mm. of despite all the bad habits you've attained, I can help you actually play the piano well. And to me, that's kind of how I feel when it comes to happiness. I help people become happier despite years of practicing things that maybe didn't necessarily work for them. Mm. Now, it's estimated that 20 to 30 million Americans are suffering from some form of depression. And I'm sure that statistically those numbers are much higher. These are just yeah. the ones that are reported. Now, in a country that is so abundant in comparison to so many others, it's the primary cause of depression in this country. Why aren't people happy and why are the sales of drugs to increase happiness at such an all-time high? Yeah, it, it it is a bit head scratching, isn't it? So there's it a is. difference between less depression and being happy. And I think as a society, we are so focused on a biomedical approach. If I don't feel the way that I want to feel, either emotionally or physically, I take a pill and then I feel better. Um, Antidepressants are only effective for depression in about a third of the people out there. And even if they have less depression, that then doesn't bring them over to the happiness line. 
So I think we really are doing our 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 society a disservice by focusing solely on these medications and saying, you know what, this is gonna, this is what's going to bring you happiness. I, I think one of the main reasons why we have so much clinical depression in our society, and and important fact, we don't actually know what causes depression. You would think that we would know, but we don't really know. Um, there's certainly biochemical changes that occur. There are some genetic components. What I have found um, is very effective at treating depression and helping people be happier is when we change our thoughts and we change our perspective. And not just, oh, everything's great kind of thinking, but really changing our core beliefs on ourselves, on our world, and on, on you know, how we interact with people. Right, that is important. Now, in terms of your role as um, a speaker and orator, I mean, all these amazing things that you're doing to advocate a more sense of accountability maybe. Uh, What is it that inspired you to become a clinical psychologist and especially what moved you to start to write about happiness? Was something going on in your life? Yeah, yeah, I think every author who writes a book is for themselves. Um, um, So I was a practicing physical therapist. I got a master's degree in physical therapy after school and I realized that I wanted to um I wanted to help people. I remember I had a specific client who had had an amputation because of diabetic complications. It was a, a surgical amputation. Came down to my physical therapy gym and it was my role to teach him how to walk and how to, you know, learn how to get in and out of his wheelchair and all that good stuff. And he was so depressed and so angry that there really was nothing that I could do to help him. I sent him back up to his room, and that afternoon we had rounds with the doctors and the nurses, and everyone agreed that this gentleman named David was depressed. That that didn't surprise me. But what truly altered my world forever was when the attending physician said, I'll give him Prozac. And I thought, you literally just cut this man's leg off. Do you think we could talk to him about his loss and and help him really process what what went on? Um, and it it was almost like the heavens opened up and said, Elizabeth, you may love being a physical therapist, but this is what you need to do. Because, you see, we don't all lose a limb in our life, but we all deal with loss, whether it's loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship, loss of a job, or loss of the life that we thought that we should have or that we wanted to have. And so it became mm-hmm. my goal to really help us all have a happier life. Mm. So in your book, A Happy You, you discussed the role of spirituality in helping us to find a deeper sense of hope and joy. Um, what is the role of spirituality towards moving us to a happier self? I, I think it's integral, and I think that's another reason why as a society we have so much depression and we have so much unhappiness. You know, when I'm talking about spirituality, I'm not talking about religion per se, but really right. what are your core beliefs? What is your meaning? What is your purpose? We have certain human needs, and having a meaning and purpose in our life is a human need. It also allows us to feel a sense of fulfillment, to feel a sense of significance in this world, to feel a sense of contribution, and all of those are absolutely vital to our own happiness. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Spirituality, what is it? Because um, so many folks, practice spirituality in a myriad of ways. Some looks like it makes sense and some you're like, what in the world was that? (laughs) (laughs) And even when I was growing up as a young girl in the U.S., um, it was always something that I I would just shy away from. I just felt 
they were such escape artists. They didn't want to face the world. They are not showing up to responsibility. And to my surprise, I end up completely on the spiritual path that um, makes me accountable to my every thought, word, and deed. And I'm enjoying every bit of it. And I'm not living on the mountaintop away from people. I am in the heart of people and the world. And I love it. And for me, the role of spirituality is perhaps something that I said earlier in the show. It's if your husband was unfaithful and you can forgive him and give him time to process why he would throw away 30 years of marriage. It's if your child decides to do, you know, the funny little cigarettes and you sit with them and wonder, honey, what was the reason? You know, you showed up with love. You showed up Mm -hmm. with a sense of internal strength. So when you talk about the role of spirituality and happiness, if I'm not happy, I'm at a very low state. So what steps are there that you could offer some of our listeners that could internally bring their spiritual energy to a high level to actually own happiness as one of their attainments? Yeah, and it really is about our energy, and our energy is created by our thoughts. So it's mm-hmm. it's focusing on what's important to me. You know, I, when I'm working with my coaching clients, we go through a whole assessment on their values. Every value is good. Which ones are most important to you? Because when you have values that are most important to you, there's a reason that they're important to you. And when you apply those values in a way in your life every single day, it doesn't mean you have to move to Africa to serve the, the poor. It just means applying those values. If, if one of your values is, is helping out others, it just means holding the door open for someone or smiling. But when we ap- apply our values and strengths, then that is allowing us to be more who we were created to be. Mm, that's beautiful. I like that. And what's the role of gratitude playing all this? Uh, I mean, gratitude really is one of those things that, that brings us up to a higher level. It, it's all about focusing on what you appreciate and not denying, again, not denying that there's tough times. I, I work with people who've gone through just horrific, horrific experiences. We don't deny that, but we are saying, what's going well? You know, I, I had a client the other day, and I've had this happen so many times, and I think it's so important. She came in to um, talk to me. She's a mom of three, married for about... I think about 14 years, and she said, I just I can't stand my husband anymore. She started complaining about him, and so I started questioning her on, on some things, and she looked at me. She said, wow, I thought we were just going to complain. I said, no, 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 we don't just complain here. We, we make changes. <laughs> I asked her to do one thing. I said, every single day for the next week, I want you to write down at least one thing that you notice your husband is doing that shows that he loves you. It doesn't matter what it is, oh, just one nice. thing. She came in the next week, and she said, oh, my gosh, my husband is totally different. Now, I assure you her husband wasn't totally different. She just was seeing him in a different way because she was allowing herself, instead of scanning everything that he does and judging what's bad, she challenged herself to say, okay, what's good? And guess what? Our subconscious will always answer our questions. So ask the right questions. What's going well in my life? Beautiful, beautiful. I like that. As we get to the close of our show, it's been fantastic, and you've increased everyone's happiness, so yay, yay, yay. And um, what could be your current favorite life quote that you're living by, and is there something that you're doing that you would love our listeners to know more about, and where can our listeners find information on you? 
Oh, yeah, thanks for asking. So one of my favorite quotes is Eleanor Roosevelt, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And it's, mm-hmm. we've probably heard that before, but when you really take a step back and think about what does that mean to me, it means that regardless of what people say or do or what events go on in my life, I get to choose how I feel about myself and my life and everyone around me. And I think that's so empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm working on next is kind of the next step to me in terms of happiness. It's a book on perfectionism. I think one of the reasons why we're so unhappy is because, again, of the, those comparisons and this notion of I should be perfect in order to be happy. Um, and so my next book called Better Than Perfect will be out in the fall of this year, 2014. I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to start having a whole bunch of videos and, and interactions on how this can apply to our lives. But basically, forgiving ourselves, accepting where we are, embracing who we are, and moving on from there. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for today sharing in words of wisdom, Dr. Lombardo, and I'm wishing you all the best. And if you ever come to Washington, D.C., please come to the Meditation Museum. I believe you're Ben's very good friend, Ben Michaelis. Uh, Oh, yes, yes, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Oh, I just adore him. Exactly. So he was with us a few weeks ago at the Meditation Museum, and actually Ben had recommended you, and I'd be just so happy that we got you on the air, and thank you for coming on for us. Thank you so much. Mm, Take good care. Bye-bye. I really liked what Dr. Lombardo was saying about the whole happiness as a skill modality where we tend to turn to certain physical things that we we condition in our mind, oh, well, this will make me happy or that will make me happy. I believe happiness is an innate quality. I believe we're born with it. And I believe that we lose it if the algae becomes stronger than the innate happiness. You've been listening to America Meditating Radio Show. We had Dr. Lombardo on. And as we end the show every day, you know, the question does arise, really, does anyone really cause you to be unhappy? Because no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And as we grow more wise, we are realizing that we just might be here as a global family to love each other the same. So let's do that more, folks. Have a wonderful day, and thanks for chiming in to the American Meditating Radio Show. Remember, you can get these archived shows on the Pause for Peace app or visit themeditationmuseum.org or come on to the Blog Talk Radio and type in America Meditating. Take care, everyone.